tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. That's Mr. Roland Marte, uh, the CEO, actually the Chief Information Security Officer of GCB Bank PLC. And of course, GCB Bank are one of the sponsors of Masterclass together with Guel. Promises to be a very exciting conversation, so do the usual. Get your pens and papers and do take notes. I bounce back at 2.15 with part two of Ignition right here on your Superhead Rates Radio Joy 99.7 FM. Masterclass takes off right after this. I just love Joy FM. Afternoon to you, our cherished and descending listeners. It's another beautiful and blessed Wednesday, and we here at Multimedia are happy, super excited to bring you yet another edition of your favorite business development program on Radio Masterclass. Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, they say good energy, Goyle Yenara Yedia. Masterclass is also brought to us by Lancaster University. They boast of having the only British university campus in all of West Africa. So by all means, if you're considering making a decision for your tertiary education, do consider Lancaster University. Masterclass is also proudly sponsored by GCB. They say your bank for life. My name, as always, is Yabanafo, and I'm excited to bring you today's edition of Masterclass. In the last conversation we had last week and the week before that, we're privileged to have Mr. John Adama. Mr. Adama, good afternoon to you if you're listening to us. He spent some time sharing some very important information with us, which was claiming the credit balances of loved ones when they passed. And obviously that was a problem for a lot of people. We had a lot of hits. We do apologize to those comments that came through we're unable to attend to. But I do I do have a feeling that this is one of those conversations that will definitely come back in the course of the year so that we're able to bring answers to you. And I spoke to a lot of people after the show as well, and some still had follow-on questions. We do hope that in the course of the year, Masterclass will be able to bring you answers to those questions again. Today, we'll move to another area of conversation. There's a lot of information, too little time, and uh, we do not want to reinvent the wheel. So we try and do bits and pieces so that as we go along, everyone gets to benefit for it. Today we're privileged to be joined by another, um, so that's a renowned Ghanaian, uh, very renowned in his field of endeavor, um, is in the person of Mr. Ronald Marte. He's the Chief Information Security Officer of GCB. These days we refer to them as the CISO 
of GCB. They make sure that all the digital platforms that every institution has are working up to scratch and therefore the threats of an incursion in the digital arena is preempted and is forestalled. Today he's going to be taking us through a conversation that looks at essentially 10 ways that institutions can protect themselves from incursions, from breaches or from attacks, cyber attacks in this digital age where everything we do is becoming digital. Somebody says to me, yeah, very soon there's going to be an app which replaces the spoon that we used to eat. And I, I was having a conversation two days ago with someone. I said, with all of this digitization, it's making life easier and simple and more effective, like we say. But is it making people lazier? That's not the conversation we're having today, though. I will ask Ronald when we get to it. But, Mr. Martin, you're welcome to today's conversation. Thanks. Thank you for having me. We are super excited to have your masterclass because even though the conversation on digitization is one that is a going conversation and a going concern, you find that the evolution on that front is multiple times what it is on other fronts across other different topical areas across the world. So things like, you know, we're trying to trace it back and I was trying to find out how did we, how did information security become so important suddenly in our industry in Ghana? Maybe you are the, you are the expert, but from the lay perspective, my mind goes back to 9-11. Okay. My mind goes back to FATCA after mm -hmm. that, where all of these things came. My mind comes to COVID recently. Mm -hmm. My mind goes to the recession. Mm -hmm. You know, so all of these for me have sort of catapulted the need. Sure. And of course, incursions into other institutions, people had hits which they didn't talk about. People mm -hmm. don't talk about these hits because sure. it has a, uh, uh, um, uh, should I say, a tendency to affect their brand, Reputation. reputational issues. Mm -hmm. But insurance companies have taken a hit because of some of these things on the back end. Yeah. While you introduce a conversation today to us, why do you think that the role of the CISO mm -hmm. um, has become so critical in in a business setting today. Okay, so um, this is for a couple of reasons. Um, key amongst them is um, organizations' continuous usage uh, of technology to drive business. Uh, we live in an era where um, using technology to drive business gives you a competitive advantage, a competitive edge. And um, if, if you are not doing that today, then Clearly, definitely, you 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 lag or you fall behind. So technology is key. I mean, the adverse usage of technology all over the place is one of the reasons why um, the role of a CISO has become very, 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 very important or key. And also, I'll say that the moving a lot of valuable assets are being moved onto digital platforms now. And so as a result of that, um, you need people like, uh, professionals like myself to ensure that we are able to safeguard and ad uh, adequately protect uh, uh, these, valuable, these valuable assets when uh, they, are, they are placed on digital platforms. I recall that earlier in the year, when we started, uh, I think it was in January, when we, mm -hmm. when we came back um, from the break, mm -hmm. there was a conversation on the top 10 areas that people should begin to look forward to as careers mm -hmm. in the next 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And information technology was was one of those areas. Now, yes. I'm sure in today's conversation, it will come out so clearly ever more so than before. Mm -hmm. Why there is the need? Because like you say, everything is, people are moving valuables. Yes. Let's not even talk about digital data. Let's not talk about the fact that data is gold and all of that. Mm -hmm. Let's look at your money in the bank. Yes. People are sitting in their living rooms and moving funds from people's accounts across the world. Mm -hmm. So you show up and the money is gone. Yes. Insurance is going to pay, but must we get to that conversation? These are many reasons why we're going to be engaging Mr. Ronald Marty in a conversation today. Prior to becoming the CISO at GCB, Mr. Marty worked with the International Business Machines, IBM, where he led the company's enterprise security solutions. 
It was also listed as one of the global top 100 leaders in information security in 2021 by Corinium Business of Infosec. So, ladies and gentlemen, no master class today, when you count 100 people in the world who know their, their business when it comes to information security, one of them is sitting here on master class. If you are not driving or you are not doing anything, please keep your dial locked here and listen to what we're going to be sharing. We have some slides as well, yes? Sure. Yes. And we're going to be sharing those slides on Facebook. We're streaming live, so by all means... If you want to take some notes, go there and follow us. Yeah. What are the 10 things? And by the way, if you're a small business, you're a medium-scale enterprise, you may not be able to afford a CISO. But what we are saying is that there are things you can do to protect yourself. And we're sharing this information here on Masterclass Pro Bono today. Remember, you'd have otherwise had to pay for this. But on Masterclass, here at Multimedia and at Joy FM, we bring it to you free of charge. What are some of the things that business owners can do? Mm-hmm. And when you talk about the high end, let's sort of break it down a bit, break mm-hmm. it down from some of my listeners who mm-hmm. are startups, mm-hmm. they're small businesses, but they also have some kind of value sitting on, on, on digital platforms. They have all their goods in their shop, for example, in a pharmacy, mm-hmm. sitting on some software. And the software tells them they have two boxes in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. They're going to believe that. If they went and there were three boxes, it means somebody didn't enter the data well. Mm-hmm. Or if somebody chose to enter less than there was, then they lose out. They want to be able to protect themselves from some of these things. Talk to us about the things we can do to protect ourselves in this age. All right. So um, uh, key, key among the things I want to highlight here as part of the top 10 um, things that organizations can do. Um, I think that, first of all, that we need to start off from have, having a plan. I think that um, that's, that's key. Um, having or developing a security program uh, is where I think that we need to start off from. Now, there are factors that go into developing a security program, and key among the things I want to highlight um, is the fact that, one, you need to know your assets or your current state, uh, as, as, as is typically uh, uh, um, called or used in, in, in the cybersecurity space. Um, and this current state actually helps you know what your, your level of maturity is. It's very good to know that, that level. Um, the next point is to say, look, if I'm at, say, on a scale of one to five, I'm at level one, um, what do I need to do to get to, say, a level two or a level three? Mm. And so this is as part of that process. You want to identify what, what the key gaps are as part of that assessment. Now, this aspect, as part of doing this assessment, I mean, there are tools online that can actually help organizations do these things. Or you can employ the services of, of companies that actually are, have expertise in helping organizations determine your, your current level of, of, of maturity. Now, the next point is to say or agree to say, look, where, where do I want to be? Where's the desired state? And like I said, I mean, if uh, on a scale of one to five, we are currently on one, um, you, you want to take a decision to say, I want to move to a two or a three. And obviously, there are things that you need to do to ensure that you are getting to that three, three maturity level. Um, as part of that process, you also want to align that that to be state with um, the business. I mean, the business objectives. Where is that organization going in terms of um, a strategy? And so, f- for example, if you have an organization that um, has agreed that within maybe say two years, I mean, the, this organization wants to move about 50% of its workload into the cloud. And clearly that to be states that you are developing should align with that strategy to ensure that, look, you have the requisite skills in place to determine which cloud service provider is even needed or required that can support this, uh, your, your, your business. And the other point I want to highlight is the fact that this, this plan uh, or this disaster should also align with um, you need management support. Uh, that, that, that's very important. 
management uh, the people who give you the needed resources to be able to embark or achieve or attain uh, this desired state that you want to you want to get to. And so all in all, uh, a security program essentially is, look, doing a gap assessment, identifying where the gaps are, and then putting in place a roadmap, a plan that would um, ensure that you are working towards achieving that desired state. Obviously, again, with management support. Um, the second point is to do with uh, what I call adopting a cybersecurity framework. And there are a lot of frameworks out there currently uh, that organizations can use to bring some semblance or bring some structure in, into um, their information security programs. And um, I'll just name a few or highlight a few. Uh, key amongst them is the ISO 27001 standard. Uh, it's also a framework as well. Uh, for banks, uh, uh, BOG mandates that from the cybersecurity directive that all banks uh, adopt or certify against the standard. Uh, beyond this framework or standard, I mean, there is also what we call the COBIT framework, which was developed by the, uh, a body called ISACA. And then there's a NIST cybersecurity framework, which uh, pretty much is used uh, by a lot of countries within the North African, uh, North American um, space. Um, the third point is where you want to highlight or adopt or align um, this, this program um, with some information risk assessment methodology and so why this is important. Before you go on to the risk methodology, just sort of break it down a bit. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty similar to everything we're talking about when it comes to management. Mm -hmm. You notice that there's something that runs through management mm -hmm. all the time. It's only shared in different English or different language mm -hmm. or different words. What we're saying is that when we say develop a security plan, yes. what we're saying is that plan. Mm -hmm. Just put in place a plan. Yes. And you're saying and at that point that identify your current level. Where am I today? Yes. Where do I want to be tomorrow? Yes. What is the gap between the two? Yes. What do I need to do yes. to get to where I'm going? Exactly. And these are the simple questions that, they may sound very simple, but essentially that's what, that's what Mr. Mati is talking about. Mm -hmm. That in order to be able to identify what your gaps are and what you need to do, mm -hmm. you must have an introspection of some sort. Exactly. And ask yourself these questions. Exactly. What is the current state of my company? Where are my goods sitting? Mm -hmm. On what software? Mm -hmm. Who wrote the software? Is it a, a Microsoft-based software? Exactly. Will it be supported in the next two and so years? And yeah. again, last year, last week when we were talking, we were asking, how do I get help to claim benefits? And we said, find a lawyer. Please, this conversation, if you went to school and you did general management like me, you will not have access to this question. So find an IT person. And these days, when we say IT, it's become so an analogous because mm -hmm. they are about what? 15, 20 different specializations within they, IT. They are, they are actually. But find somebody who's into IT and cybersecurity mm -hmm. and let them tell you the truth so that you know where you are. Don't assume that you know it. Exactly. Because you can make an investment into some software and two years down the line, these years, there's something you call shelf life. Yes. After five years, yes. they don't support it again. Exactly. And then you have problems and then you can't get the support. So get the right people, get the right support, make the right decisions. But by all means, start with an introspection. Yes then you can determine where you want to go. Exactly. Right? I just thought I'd make that point. Sure. So to add to that point also, um, especially for small organizations, uh, a lot of them are moving towards adopting cloud cloud platforms. And um, sometimes if you do not do this, your checks and balances properly, you end up um, subscribing to a platform where your data is stored in a country where uh, data protection laws are, are very lax. What that means is that then for the, the data you collect on your customers are hosted in some other place where uh, that data could be mined by others, etc. So it's, it's very important. I mean that... Um, you talk about cloud computing, and I, I'm sure the rest of the show we could do cloud computing. <laughs> but for the benefit of my listeners, sure. 
when you when, when we say your data is in the cloud yes what does it mean let's set that understanding first and then all you can, we can build on that because I don't want to assume that all my listeners understand. Of course, most of them are descending listeners, mm -hmm. so they understand what what cloud computing. But there are some who don't. Mm -hmm. What does it mean when we say your data is in the cloud? So cloud computing essentially is it the sky where we see the clouds? <laughs> no, what does it mean? No, that, that's not what it means. So typically, what cloud computing is means is uh, you have a service provider who has a cluster of hardware, a cluster of service, and um, stored in a certain geolocation. And that vendor is providing a certain service to customers all over the world. And so this vendor could have various kinds of services where, for instance, um, an application, a typical HR application, which is running from the cloud, is already configured. And so a uh, customer will just have to pay some subscription fees and then begin to use that application on, on the go. Uh, there's also the option where uh, you, you, you can actually request for bare metal service that you actually will configure and set up as if they were sitting in your own data center. And I mean, again, uh, using the same hardware, once you're using this hardware to store data, this data is stored on some physical hardware, again, like I'm saying that is in a certain geolocation. The, the whole concept of cloud is so that, look, um, uh, it's there, there's some ease of use. Um, it's, it's it's global. It's on the internet, and you can actually use it uh, anywhere you find yourself. Okay. So you just spoken CISO English. Let me speak <laughs> plain English. What we're saying is that you see that flash drive you have, that pen drive you. We used to call it pen drive, pen drive, flash drive. Now we're boasting about one terabyte, two terabyte, three terabytes. So somebody has a gazillion terabytes sitting on three acres of land, mm -hmm. and they've bought devices that are very huge hard drives mm -hmm. and they've gone through a certain certification process yeah. both locally based on the local laws and international storage laws because there are companies that regulate that environment also and they've passed all those tests enough to be able to say when i'm sitting in kuala lumpur somebody in tokyo can store their data on this app and it comes to sit on my hardware and they pay for it yes. either through a value chain so somebody yes. is providing the storage for you and you are paying for that storage yes. i went to a, um, a conversation once and i and just to let people understand what we talk about cloud it's not something new that is coming you well you've been on the cloud for 10 15 years you didn't know i went for a, a conversation and i was arguing with them about cloud computing and security protocols and the thing you talk about yes. i don't know the, the laws in the country and who has access to my data and all yes. that and they asked me a very simple question they said, do you have an email address? Mm -hmm. And I said, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I won't mention the name of the I won't do, I won't do, I won't do free address for them. <laughs> he said, if you have an email address and it is this address, mm -hmm. you are already on the cloud. True. You know, I paused. It meant that, you see how people use their emails to store data. People push everything they want to store, they push it to their email. Mm -hmm. Where do you think that data is sitting? It's sitting on That's some right. device somewhere, and somebody is charging you for that data through a certain network. Yes. So that's what we mean when we say cloud computing, just so everybody yes. knows what it is. But True. the question becomes security, access to it, and all of that. And that's exactly. a point that you make. Exactly. Yeah. Let's go on. Okay. So um, on the adopting a risk uh, assessment methodology, um, Clearly why this is important uh, for any cybersecurity program is you, you need to know, have, get a sense of your assets. Um, if I do not have a full visibility on my assets and I have a program, I have say 30 assets, but my program is only covering 20 of these assets. What it then means is that the, 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 the 10 are in the world. And what it means is if I do not have controls in place safeguarding this data, then this data can be used as a conduit. I mean, these assets can be used as a conduit to get uh, to the 20 that I'm already safeguarding. 
And so um, that asset inventory is very important. Um, it helps you clearly know what the scope uh, of your program would, 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 would look like. Because then that inventory um, gives a tall list of all, all the information assets you have. Now, beyond that also, what a risk assessment will help you also do is to classify these assets. Because not, no two assets are the same. And this is akin to Animal Farm where, um, <laughs> if, if you read that book, uh, those, there are animals who had four legs and those who had two legs, and clearly there was some power play there. So in, in that same vein, um, some assets are more valuable than others. And so what a risk assessment will help you do is to identify those critical assets and also help you know what measures to put in place to protect, additionally protect those assets beyond what basic controls you have in place. And so pretty much that's largely what a risk assessment methodology is all about. So once you know what your valuable assets are, um, obviously, as part of that risk assessment, there are a couple of other things that you need to do. You need to identify uh, whether there are already some controls in place safeguarding these assets, uh, where there are gaps. You now put those gaps into that development plan, that uh, security program plan, to now put measures in place to safeguard these assets. Now, as part of that also, um, the fourth point is to say, look, once you've done your risk assessment, you now need to develop what you call your security policies. And why this is important is because, look, this, again, is akin to a country like Ghana. I mean, there are laws that govern uh, how, what, how, how, how and what we do on a daily basis. Yeah. And so, for instance, I mean, if I'm under 18, yes, and um, I join a queue to register to vote, clearly that's an offense. So in, in an organization <coughs> perspective, um, from a security perspective, uh, cyber security, security policies are actually rules that govern how people should work within an organization, the do's and don'ts when it comes to cyber security practices within an organization. Mm -hmm. And so key amongst examples that I, I want to give in relation to security policies is, for instance, we have an organization that we adopt what we call an acceptable use policy mm -hmm. that will pretty much say that, look, you cannot bring a personal laptop and join it to a corporate network. Why? Because we do not know what controls you have on that personal laptop. Joining into that corporate network could pose a risk. You could be spreading malware, etc., on 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 a network. There could be another example where an acceptable use policy could say um, all USB drives of corporate machines should be blocked. And so, in instances where an individual is using a personal USB drive and trying to slot it into a corporate uh, machine. Um, uh, if there are controls in place to flag that, I mean, obviously that user would obviously will have to be penalized because there is a form that you need to sign off to say that, okay, look, I would abide by certain principles or steps or activities in relation to my usage of corporate assets on, on this corporate network. You notice I'm smiling. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because for my listeners, what's happening these days, especially in industry, is that because of the advent of a lot of cyber attacks, now... My, my friends like Ronald on the other side have gone 10 steps ahead. And so now literally, the security protocols, you, the hoops you need to jump through in order to attack a company has become m multiplied. It Except has. for the fact that while we're increasing the security for the people who attack us, we're also increasing the bureaucracy for the people who use the system. So that, for example, you need to sign an acceptable use policy. Yes. People sign those things, they don't read it. True. There are, there are details in there that we need to look at. You sure. can't do this, you can't do that. Sure. If you do this, you can't do that. If yes. you, you know, I know some systems where even if you put any document on the, on, on the computer mm -hmm. for the institution, it tags it and it determines the sensitivity levels. Mm -hmm. Yes, So, so you, you, you can't work on a document if you don't want that tag on it. 
True. You can't even use the machine. USBs are disabled. And it's all in our interest because the people who are doing the bad things, the bad guys, are they're not resting. Yes. So our people not. cannot rest. Yes. Yeah. So I think we need to find a fine, strike a fine balance, you know, between cyber security and ease of use or usage. Because if you do not take care, I mean, if, if you do it in excess as well, then it impacts a business, mm -hmm. I mean, the operations, etc. So mm -hmm. there's that fine line between, based on the maturity of an organization, what is acceptable now, what probably may be over a period, depending on how quickly that, that organization is able to mature from a security culture perspective, you can now begin to add additional things uh, mm -hmm. as, 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 as time goes on. Right. So uh, that, that fine balance is very, very important um, um, uh, as part of, the, uh, as part of that, that cyber security program. Now, the fifth point I want to highlight is on um, developing what we call a, a cybersecurity uh, hygiene plan. Now, through the risk assessment, you've identified what your information assets are. You have an inventory of that. You now need to put some basic controls in place uh, to safeguard these assets. And so things like malware protection, things like ensuring that, look, your systems are, are hardened to a certain level. Uh, you are disabling on, on, on um, services and pods that are not necessary or needed. Uh, you have a patch management program that is running. Uh, you have a vulnerability assessment plan also in place where you're actually running scans to see what new vulnerabilities can be identified on these assets. Mm -hmm. And then taking steps to ensure that you are actually uh, uh, closing those gaps that have been identified. And then lastly, uh, something around for movable assets, assets like laptops. Uh, you want to ensure that you are putting some um, encryption mechanism in place. Um, laptops are things that easily get missing all the time. And without any controls in place on those laptops, what it then means is that look, once you lose that laptop, uh, a lot of company data also, also, goes, also goes away with that, with that laptop. And so the focus or emphasis should be on, especially for your movable assets, putting some additional controls in place to safeguard the data. Mm. Um, you often hear people say that, look, uh, uh, data is a new oil, I mean, uh, within, or data is a key asset, I mean, the most important asset within, within any organization. And so if you do not put measures in place to safeguard that data on mob mobile assets, then what it means is that if that data falls into the wrong hands, and for instance, it has some very sensitive data on some products you want to release. It becomes accessible. Exactly. I mean, accessible to a competitor who can use this as a competitive advantage uh, against you, the, yeah, the, the, the specific organization. I mean, I have even heard of cases where when you work in an organization and for any reason, let's say you are a sales manager or a relationship officer, and therefore the, the institution gives you a phone, mm -hmm. whatever phone it is, yeah. let's say a smartphone, yeah. they install what they call a remote wipe option on it. So that, yes. assuming you lose the phone, mm -hmm. once you report it, they initiate the remote wipe. True. Because the data is, is exactly. more important. Yes, it is. And that's how important this conversation is. Exactly. You know, exactly. I think even for those who are not in businesses, but for, for personal reasons, people also have remote wipe on their phone and they have find me. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> you know, yes. so that assuming you lose it, you're able, and it's all because we want to protect the data that's sitting on it, whether it's data for business, data for personal things, whatever it is, your data is precious. And we want to be able to protect it from an attack through, through the cyberspace. Very, very key, yeah. very important. So, uh, point five, uh, we've talked about the hygiene plan. Yes. Uh, what's, what's the. So, point six talks yeah. about the development security awareness program. Uh, this is also very important. And I'll share a bit of statistics. Um, so, in, in the UK, the UK um, in 2018, 88% of data breaches that were reported to the UK Home Office um, highlighted human error as a reason for those breaches. Mm -hmm. 
88%. 88%. Um, the second point I want to highlight is that 91% of all targeted at attacks starts off with what we call spear phishing. And I know prior to mm -hmm. we coming on to them, we were talking about phishing, yeah. etc. I mean, obviously, it's a social engineering technique where mm -hmm. um, an email is sent to an individual. Uh, in, in, in an instance of phishing, it's actually a general email to a lot of people. And um, if based on that email, I mean, if they said something in it that piques your interest, for instance, if a general email, if you're a fan of golf, and a general email is sent on some golf tournament, say to the to Dubai, and uh, you are going to be given some uh, discounts on some promo. Clearly, obviously, because of your love for golf, I mean, you just look at that email and then click on it. But the bad guys have grown smarter. Now, what they are doing is that they are sending targeted emails, and so scouting on social media, building a profile about you. They know where you work. They know what your interests are. And so they will send an email specifically to Mr. Sambanafo to say, mm -hmm. oh, hi, Mr. Sambanafo. Um, here's a golf tournament promo for you. Mm -hmm. uh, click on this link uh, to follow uh, the needed steps. And sometimes, again, like I'm saying, I mean, because of your interest, your passion, I mean, you quickly look at it and jump with excitement and then click on a link which will sort of introduce malware yeah. uh, into your environment. Now, uh, the point you make is so critical. You know, I've always said to people that, and I'm sure a lot of people know this by now, but if you don't and you're listening to us, just pick your phone and then type, go to Google and type your name in it. You know, all those things we do, I'm here, checking, you post this, you, you, you buy ice cream, you post it, you, buy, you post it. What, what we do is we leave traces of information about us. So if somebody needed to find you, all they need to do is to spend one day on social media. Exactly. And they know the name of your dog. Yep. So they come to you in the restaurant and they talk to you like they know you. And they're, they're mentioning things. And recently, I think about two weeks ago, I was receiving such prank calls anyway. Mm. People call me up and say, hi, Yao, I used to work with you in this company. Mm. Which is true. I used to work in that company. Yes. He says, I was with you in this department. Wow. And I said, but I remember all the people in the department. And I mentioned their names. And I said, I don't remember. He says, if you don't remember me, then goodbye. <laughs> then the person hangs up. But that's what you're talking about. Yeah, so people these are also are mining techniques. data yes. Yes. because we're leaving traces all over. So I think responsible behavior is exactly. one of the things that you exactly. should add to it's, the list. It's, 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 it's very key. Responsible social media behavior. It's very key. It's very key. So um, there are some five key pointers. I mean that. Well, I mean this is customized. This is this is from me uh, based on my experience that I think that um, organizations looking to develop a security awareness program should 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 look at so the first point is to say that look it should start off with some um training and awareness policy that's very important I mean, because you need management buy-in and typically how you can get those buy-ins and commitment is through through a policy mm -hmm. um the second point or the second pillar is to say that look uh, you you need to col collaborate um key among the people you need to collaborate with are, are your hr mm -hmm. but beyond hr depending on how you would approach that program, whether you want to get some technology to drive that program, you need to also do a lot of collaboration with your, your IT your IT teams. Now, um, the third point is to do with where you are actually now identifying the mode of the training and then your, your, your audience. And so mode here, if you are a very small company, um, that, that, that mode could be face-to-face -face trainings. Mm. But if you're a very big organization with branches all over Ghana, then clearly, look, before you even... Uh, cover two or three regions. I mean, the year has almost ended. And so it makes sense that, look, you begin to look at technologies that can actually help you do 
roll out roll out this 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 programs there are a couple of technologies out there that can actually help you do do some of these things there's a lot more information hold it i don't i don't want to share all of it just now <laughs> we'll be coming back shortly but we want our listeners to also be a part of this conversation because obviously i'm sure they have a lot of questions in their minds and they have experiences most importantly i always say that life is too short to make all the mistakes ourselves and therefore let us learn from each other's mistakes we take a quick message from our sponsors when we come back we get interactive we take a break right now favorite on-air business development program, Joy Business Masterclass, is in session. And you can interact with us on Facebook via the Joy 99.7 FM or Joy Business pages. If you tweet, the handle is at Joy 997 FM or at Joy Business GH. Don't forget to hashtag JB Masterclass. You can also call us on 0302-216541 or send your questions and contributions through to the WhatsApp number 551 97 and our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention everyone, class is in progress. Welcome back. If you've just tuned in, this is Masterclass here on your Superstation Joy 99.7. I'm spending time here in the studio with Mr. Ronald Marty, who's the Chief Information Security Officer, CISO for short, for GCB. And he's sharing some thoughts here with us on 10 things that you can do to protect your institution against a digital attack or a cyber attack. This conversation on cyber attack, we continue to talk about it because it cannot be underestimated. It keeps evolving every day, it keeps changing. It, things keep coming up differently each time and therefore we'll keep talking about it. Just to also remind us that Masterclass today is brought to us also by GCB, your bank for life. If you need any mortgages or personal loans or any other kind of loan, by all means do contact GCB and they'll be more than happy to help you. Masterclass also brought to us by Lancaster University. They boast of having the only British university campus in all of West Africa. And also by Goyle. They say good energy. Goyle, Yenara. Yet your phone lines are now open. Numbers to call 0302216541. That's 0302216541. You can also send us your comments on 055 Let's hear your thoughts. What experience have you had in terms of a cyber attack? And how did you go about it? Or what story have you heard about someone else who went through that same thing in their company? Or what new software have you installed? Or what do you even know about social engineering? All these things we're talking about, people mining data and using them against you. What have you learned that you can share with us so that others can also become better for it? So that when we all become better for it, then our nation as a country, Ghana, we all become better for it. So by all means, to pick up that phone, give us a call. I've got A.K. Ajingo, the man on social media. Ajingo, good afternoon to you. He says, I'm enjoying the conversation. Please, as a farmer, is there any data to check if the soil is fertile on a particular piece of land. <laughs> okay. Um, that's the first part of the question. Uh, the second part, it says what? It says there is a cocoa farm with some few portions of the land. Okay, right. So he's having problem with some of his produce on parts of his land. <laughs> he wants to know if there's any technology to help detect the fertility of his land. But I think I have a caller on the line. Let's take that and then we'll answer both questions okay. together. Good afternoon. You're welcome to Masterclass. You're yeah, good afternoon. Are you calling from? Can you hear me, please? Yes, please. Your name, where you're calling from, sir? Yeah, this is Benjamin from Adenta. Benjamin, you're welcome to Masterclass. Talk to me. Well, thank you very much. Well, very, very good discussion. And I like the way the hosts yourself, you're very knowledgeable about the topic. You know, very, very interesting. Um, I want to ask a, a question. I often hear of information security and then cyber security. Are there differences? 
if they are, if, if your guest or yourself can uh, expatiate on that for me, uh, I would appreciate that. I actually, I'm enjoying the discussion and everything you're saying is just on point, especially the point that so long as people think they can go on Facebook, use a computer, they feel they know it all and they don't, uh, you know, uh, employ the services of people in IT to help them. Even in IT itself, I, I, I'm an IT person myself. And I remember I was asked the question if I can repair a mobile phone. And I was educating my friend that IT is huge, broad, just like journalism. Somebody is the reporter, another is a newscaster, another is the editor. You do have engineers ensuring that we, we, we hear you on the radio and all of that. So it's multifaceted. But people don't understand. So some of these programs are very good to help managers to know that you, you ought to recruit the services of experts. And I like it when you mentioned the software. There are so many people, uh, you know, building software, even cannot post GPS. You know that it's not sustainable because where are the people to continuously develop it? Google Maps ensure that they are always under development in terms of uh, their personnel, even uh, employing people, new people here and there, and how do you get a coordinate right? It is something that is not a one-off something, but we have software developers here who just develop a software and then they pay the people off. That is not the end. I mean, everything has to share of life. So I'm very happy about today's program. Thank you. Thank you so much. Very wonderful and fun thoughts there. But he wanted that clarification whether <laughs> cybersecurity, I think it was what, between... Um, information security and cybersecurity. Information security and cybersecurity, okay. yes. All right. So uh, information security is much more broader than cybersecurity. Uh, information security looks not just at your digital, um, your digital information, but it also looks at um, papers that you print out within your office. I mean, how are you safeguarding these this, this papers? I mean, are you putting them into the right... Uh, uh, cabinets or shelves? Are you shredding uh, uh, documents that you no longer need? When you talk loudly on the exactly. phone in public transport. Exactly. When you're in a lift and you're talking on, on phone with a colleague about some very important uh, project that's that's ongoing. I mean, these are all kinds, these are all things that form... There's a popular joke that addresses that question that you talk about, mm -hmm. where someone was mentioning those times when we used to mention um, the scratch card numbers for mm -hmm. upload. Yeah, yes. So the person is like... <laughs> Are you getting it? It's one, one, two, five, three, three, four. And somebody else is by the uh, side. <laughs> but, I mean, so that's that's. So yeah, yeah I think so, it just explains the point. So so that's information security. Yeah. Cyber security, on the other hand, just looks at the digital aspect of things. I mean, um, cyber cyber space is a space where you have uh, computer computers that communicate uh, to form a network, and so that the data that is being shared within these computers is digital in nature. And so, cybersecurity mm. looks at the information that is stored within these computers and also the infrastructure of these computers themselves and how you can actually safeguard and protect uh, these systems. And so, we talk about computers, but even from your phone, once you launch out onto the internet, you are in a cyberspace. Sure. I've got Ken from Legon. Ken says, hi, Masterclass. Please, how about web pages that insist on leaving cookies on your PC or device? Is it okay to go ahead and accept the cookies? So it, it depends on the website because cookies are a way to uh, track user activities. And so if you're a person who is very um, conscious about privacy, etc., then depending on the website that you are visiting, I mean, if the information that is relevant to you or is not, I mean, you might decide to either accept the cookies or not. Right. Okay. So um, again, it's a decision that you have to make. Exactly. But I suppose that's how people know what you do. And a friend of mine was saying that he was having a conversation with his wife at home weird stuff that happened and they were talking about a movie tomorrow never dies mm -hmm. so he's talking with his wife for almost about 15 minutes they're talking about james bond movies 
And then he's done, and then he picks up his phone, he's checking his WhatsApp, and he tries to go onto the internet. And I think something happened, and he was he typed the word T, and it comes tomorrow never dies. It was like. <laughs> That's, Do they possible. listen to our conversations? It's Do possible they? Alexa, Alexa could be listening or Siri could be listening. It's possible. <laughs> hmm. It's another conversation for another day. I've got Charlie. Charlie says, hi, Masterclass. To add to what the first caller said, I think most companies in Ghana do not appreciate the need to pay periodic maintenance fees to ensure those softwares are regularly updated with a relevant user and security. This is from Charlie. Thank you, Charlie, for coming through. Uh, a quick reaction to that. Well, so... You see, the whole... It comes down to the importance of exactly. it to the organization. Exactly. I mean, the whole concept of software, you see, um, there, there, are, there are some schools of thought. Um, typically, again, I mean, based on the need for an organization to get a software to perform a certain task, there's always a speed to market where security is not really baked into mm. uh, some of these softwares or products. Um, if you are doing security by design, then, you know, as part of that software development lifecycle, once security is introduced, then... The finalized product you have would have a lot of security elements or content in there. Mm. However, I mean, in instances where you have softwares that do not go through that secured SDLC lifecycle process, what you want to do is to ensure that, look, at regular times, uh, you have people coming in to actually pen test these applications to see if they are vulnerable, especially if these are internet-facing uh, applications, because you want to be able to pick up a bug or a loophole before a bad guy sees it and uses it or exploits it. Uh, to your organization's disadvantage. And so regular checks uh, is very important, regular mm -hmm. penetration testing of these applications, checking to see if there are updates or patches that need to be run. I mean, these are things that are very important. So take a thing like your operating system, for instance. If you're, if you're a, a Windows OS user, I mean, mm -hmm. from time to time, Microsoft will release patches and we are required to uh, patch, 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 uh, uh, or they release fixes and you are required to patch uh, your, your systems on a regular basis, just so that your operating systems uh, can stay can stay protected. So it's, it's very important. I mean that on reg on a regular basis, you check out for these things and then yeah. you patch your systems uh, accordingly. Okay, uh, this one you didn't add your name. It says I think Mr. Martin nailed it with a thoughts on security awareness. Implementation of excellent technology is in the hands of an individual without the requisite knowledge. Was that uh, I missed that? Without the requisite knowledge, it's a dangerous recipe for a cyber attack. Okay. Another key area is backup and disaster recovery. Yeah. Let me ask about social engineering. Mm -hmm. um, just share a few of the popular social engineering tricks that the, the bad guys use and how people can, can, can just guard against it, just very briefly, if you will. Okay. So I'll, I'll probably dive a bit into a bit of psychology here. I mean, to talk about how it even happens in the first mm -hmm. place. So pretty much uh, we live in a world where there's a lot of information overload. And uh, as human beings as we are, um, there's what we call heuristics or what we call mental, mental shortcuts. Uh, these are ways that human beings are able to process information and store information mm -hmm. and also solve problems. Mm -hmm. Now, um, these mental heuristics can lead to mm -hmm. uh, what we call cognitive biases. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a paper, a full paper that talks about how things like social power mm -hmm. uh, can influence uh, cognitive biases in human beings. Mm -hmm. So if you talk about social power, you're talking about things like um, reward power, where you see an email from someone saying that typical 419 emails are what we call a reward power kind of email, mm -hmm. where somebody says, okay, look, uh, he belongs to a royal family, he's mm -hmm. lost, um, his father died, and mm -hmm. there's some money 
um, sitting somewhere in Nigeria or somewhere in the States and he needs you to send some $10,000 to him so that they can actually help you. Uh, once he gets access to that money, he can give you a share of that money. Mm. So that is what we call, like, a, it's, it's called reward power. Mm. And so people receive these kinds of emails mm -hmm. and based on the value, the reward that comes with it, I mean, uh, quick to, um, um, what do you call it? Respond. Equipped to respond. I mean, obviously, at that point in time, uh, your your cognitive bias sets in. Your judgment, um, being able to determine whether this is this is not uh, real or this is this is fake, uh, is impaired because you are looking at the money aspect of it. And so, a lot of people have been lured uh, mm -hmm. uh, through through such schemes. As uh, an example, you gave earlier about receiving an email either from HR or from somewhere that says that you won something or you play golf or you yes, practice something because yes. they've mined the data on yes, you. Yes. What should people look out for? Spellings, which are sometimes yes, so, wrong. Yes. Something that puts pressure on you to exactly, react urgently. Exactly. Just exactly. a few tidbits there, so, and then we we'll so sure. So, like you already said, I mean, spellings are very important. Um, you also should be mindful of links. Um, typically, what we are, we are advised to do is that once you get an email and it's from somebody you are not expecting that email from, you want to pick up a phone and call the person and say, exactly. did you actually Check. send me an email? Um, you also should be, should be mindful of links within emails. Um, what is advice is sometimes that you hover your, your... If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Or your mouse around these mm. links to see exactly mm. it will clearly give you an insight into where mm. the direction the 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 next mm -hmm. uh, uh, portal or website that is taking you to mm. and you can actually infer from those links whether mm -hmm. these are legitimate links or not right. uh, things around attachments i mean be mindful mm -hmm. to not just download any emails that contain attachments onto onto your onto onto your devices as well um this has become very easy to do because it's to convert all your parameter uh, security controls like your firewalls, etc. Like I said, I mean, the statistic I gave mm -hmm. in relation to the fact that 91% of targeted attacks uh, um, will usually will leverage spear phishing because it's the easiest way now to get into uh, an organization system. From one system, you can do a lateral mm -hmm. movement or movement into other systems, uh, um, etc. Wonderful. A lot of information being shared here. I wish we had a bit more time. Um, if you remember nothing from today's conversation,